Jesus told the parable to some who trusted themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, we should not live like beasts and act like animals. We should endeavor to be good people. But everybody knows that. <laughs> every religion and every philosophy in the world says that we should try to be good and upright and moral. That we should live not for ourselves and our wants and desires, but for others, something greater than ourselves. But that's about where every other religion and doctrine stops. It doesn't have much to say after that. But Christianity, and especially our Lord Jesus, is particularly interested in the dangers of goodness or the dangers of good works. Now, this doesn't mean we shouldn't do good works. We shouldn't work to serve and bless our neighbor. That, that's all true. We should love and serve one another. We should strive to keep the law as much as we can, praying that the Lord would give us his Holy Spirit and the strength that we need. But there is a danger, a particular danger, a theological danger that comes from good works. It's the danger of Phariseeism. And Jesus goes after it. In fact, he's been going after it time after time in the parables. The parable of the prodigal son. Remember the older son in the, in the uh, field who refused to come into the party? That was the Pharisees. Or remember the unworthy stewards. Or remember the, uh, uh, remember the uh, unworthy uh, servants who were waiting. That, this was all Jesus getting after the Pharisees. But now he comes to this parable and there's no trying to figure it out. He just says there was a Pharisee and a tax collector who went into the temple. He's telling it to the Pharisees, and they don't have to wonder, who's he talking about? <laughs> He's talking about them. A Pharisee and a tax collector go up to the temple to pray. Now, both the Pharisee and the tax collector in the temple recognize that when they go to church, when they go to the temple, they're standing before God, who is the judge. In other words, to go to church is to go to court. To stand before the throne of God is to stand before the judgment throne. And the Lord calls us into that throne as accused sinners, those who are guilty of breaking His law, those who have not kept His law perfectly in every way. We come into the Lord's court as guilty to see what the Lord will do about it. But look what happens to the Pharisee when he shows up in court. He says, ah, never mind this being accused. I'm going to be the lawyer. <laughs> can, can you imagine it? He, he goes to defend himself. Someone in Bible class that was in the early service says that you know one thing about the person who goes to court to defend themselves, that they're going to lose. <laughs> It's a foolishness to try to stand and defend yourself in court, but that's what the Pharisee does. The Pharisee is going to go into the court of God and he's going to make the case for himself, for his righteousness, for his goodness, for the fact that he should be able to go and stand before the Lord on the judgment day and be accepted into eternal life. That's the case that the Pharisee is going to make. And not only that, he starts to like this lawyer business so much that not only is he defending himself, but now he's going to become the prosecutor for everybody else. Not only is he presenting himself as good and holy and righteous, 
But he points to everyone else. And how does Jesus say it at the beginning? Some who trusted themselves that they were righteous and they, and they treated others with contempt. So now the Pharisee is prosecuting everybody's case. Can you remember what he says as he stands before the judge? It's quite amazing, this prayer that he offers. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. (laughs) Standing by himself. I'm not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. Moses says we should fast twice a year. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. Moses says we should get tithes of the crops. I give tithes of everything. Boy, Lord, I'm so holy. Let me know if you want to take a day off. I'll take over running the universe for you. <laughs> now, now, we look at the Pharisee, we sort of shake our head at the foolishness of this whole endeavor, the whole Pharisaic endeavor. But here's the point. All of us, all of us are tempted to this Phariseeism. All of us. Have a little Pharisee living in the heart. All of us have a, have a heart that's shaped by this desire to exalt ourselves and to cast down everybody else, to make a case for our own goodness and our own righteousness and to despise the people that are around us. This is a temptation for every single one of us, for you, for me, for everyone you know. That's why Jesus has to get after it and teach that there's a danger in being good. The danger is pride. The danger is that you think that because you've managed to do something good and keep God's law even just apart, that you think that that's enough and that God is probably pretty proud of you and he wants to welcome you into heaven because of your great goodness. Repent. Repent. If we stand before the throne of God as our own defendants, as our own, what, defense attorneys, as our own advocates, if we try to offer in the courtroom of God our own works or our own efforts, we stand condemned. Lost forever. But there is another way Now, when I was looking at this parable and saw that Jesus says there's a Pharisee and a tax collector who go into church and pray, I I was wondering, Lord, isn't there something in between? (laughs) You know, the Pharisee stands right up front and the tax collector's all the way in the back. It's like, what about the people who sit in the middle? (laughs) What about the people who try to do good and every once in a while manage it, but, you know, they're not as good as you think they they, they are, but they still are repentant? No, the Lord won't have it. He he puts you at front or in back. You're one or the other. Spiritually, when you stand before him, you are either bringing something of your own or you are falling on your face begging for mercy, knowing that there is nothing that you can do, nothing that you can add, nothing that you can bring, nothing that you can say to convince the Lord of your own goodness or worth. No, there is only one prayer, and that is the prayer for mercy. God be mercy. This tax collector, he can't even lift up his eyes. He can't even, he doesn't even know, you know, the, the, the Pharisee knows everybody who's there. <laughs> I like the tax collector. But the, the, the tax collector has no idea who's even around him. He doesn't even lift up his face. He just beats his chest and says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful. That's my only hope. Is that if you would overlook my sins and if you would forgive them and if you would have mercy on me and if you would be gracious because I have nothing to bring, nothing to offer, nothing to commend myself, 
no case to make, no hope at all, not in myself, but only in you and your goodness. So Jesus puts us in the back of the court, bends our eyes down, puts our hand beating our own chest, and puts the curie in our mouth, this prayer begging for mercy. That is our only hope. In life and in death, that is our only hope to stand before the Lord on the judgment day. But listen to what happens. The tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, says Jesus, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. This one is forgiven. This one is shown mercy. This one is set home righteous and set free just, dear saints, just like you. For all your sins are forgiven. The blood of Jesus covers all your guilt and shame. And He loves you. You are sinners. I know Jesus does too. But you are sinners who are forgiven. You too go home justified. So let us rejoice that God the Holy Spirit through His Word puts to death in our hearts this Pharisee that always wants to make its case and brings this new man to life that rejoices in nothing at all but the kindness of Christ and the love of God. May God grant it for Christ's sake. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.